Thank you, Bob. <laughs> I don't know who all was here last week, and I mean that. Uh, I got a bad ring, and I know that ain't pleasant for you. I found out I left here Sunday. What happened, I don't remember what I said when I come off the stage. I don't remember any of it. I remember I had it in my mind that I was going to have Zach testify about his $5,000 miracle. And when I sat down, I looked over at Ted and said, I'm done. Well, I left here immediately. Some of you may know this. Some of you don't. Like I said, I don't know. I left here immediately, went to the hospital and found out that I was severely dehydrated and my kidneys were only working at 30%. (laughs) So, you know, what they do, they pump you full of IVs and and, and on all that good stuff. And uh, I went home, stayed in bed for a couple days. Wednesday I got up feeling better than I had I thought man God's good felt good jumped up got dressed came into work I think that was Wednesday yeah and uh, I'm sitting there at my office desk and I'm typing and all of a sudden I've got two computer screens I said that's not normal I thought, well, I'm just looking too hard. You know how sometimes your eyes will cross. So I thought I'd focus on something farther away in my room. And I had two clocks. And, uh, and then it went, everything went real blurry. I called Bob because I wasn't going to drive. Bob had just got in with the truck. And I said, man, you need to come and get me. I'm going to go to the hospital. And he said, okay. So he come over, drove me into the hospital. I tell the doctor this. I saw one of you guys. I still got that echo. Uh, I saw one of you guys go walking through the hall. Brenda, uh, walking through the hall. And uh, they come in and they do this test on me. And they said, I want you to close your eyes real tight and open them up. And I couldn't. I closed them, but I had no eyesight for a few minutes when I opened my eyes so the next thing I know they're calling I hear them over the intercom you probably didn't know that was for me did you (laughs) so they called for a stroke in the ER I looked over at that nurse and I said dude tell me that ain't for me he said yeah it is so they take me and they do all their they do all their stuff. See, if you were visiting here last week, you probably thought this place was whacked out. I was whacked out. So they take and they said, We gotta do a CT right now on you. And they're, you know, I'm bruised up. They're throwing IVs in me left and right like they do. And um, they take me into the CT machine, Deb. And I remember a news article that I saw and I've shown here before. Several years ago, ABC News did an article 
on people who pray in tongues and the difference in their brain scan and Sydney and Dee was waiting back in the room and uh, I said I know what I'm going to do when I get in there <laughs> I said I'm going to start praying in tongues when I get in there you said wait a minute that stuff freaks me out don't freak out we, you, it's easy to it, it's easy to understand when you've been taught it so I started praying in tongues in that machine and uh, they wheeled me back out and a little while later they come out and said man there is nothing wrong <laughs> I said we can find nothing I don't want to hear the jokes they said but something's going on we got to send you out so Wednesday I was shipped out of uh, Cambridge Hospital uh, to uh, uh, Grant they said we got to do an MRI it'll show us what's in there real deep and uh, okay but you know when you already have a word from God when you know you've already received a miracle you know, when you already received healing, sometimes it don't matter what their word is. You just got to learn to stand with God and trust God. So they uh, went to put me in the MRI machine and thought the same thing. I'm going to do the same thing. And uh, then they, I, while I was waiting for those results, have you ever had a test done where they test the crystals in your ear, inner ear? That's a weird experience. <laughs> Though they tested all that and the guy said, there's nothing I can do. There's nothing wrong with you. All right. <laughs> now I'm telling you, I'm in the ER yesterday while everybody rushes around for a stroke call. And he said, well, there's nothing I can do. He said, you don't really need me. And then they come back in and the doctor said, well, guess what? I, said, I can tell you what. There's nothing on your MRI either. See, miracles have always been a part of Jesus. They've always been a part of who Jesus is. They've always been a part of, of, of his ministry. Uh, John chapter 20, verse 30 in John chapter 20, verse 30, look what he says. He says, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in the book. In other words, what we have about Jesus does not cover all of his life. It doesn't cover everything. But he, was, he always did signs. But he says, but these are written that you might believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that believing you may have life in his name. Miracles are always been a part of God. And I don't know what you need, but I'm here to tell you I, what I have experienced this week. Everybody's asked me today, are you okay? Are you okay? Reese is like, drink a lot of water, you know, uh, do this, do that. Are you okay? And I, I, honestly, I feel like I'm stronger right now than I've been. I, I feel like my voice is even stronger. 
You see, when God decides to do, when God does a thing, he's already decided to do it. You just got to decide to agree with him with it. When, he, when, when, when you decide to agree with God, miracles are a natural part of life. They are something that we can expect. They're something that we can believe the God for. And you say, but the situation is hopeless. There is no hope. There's always hope because there's always Jesus. Nothing is hopeless in your life. But what well, I don't know about all those miracles. I've never seen one. What's that got to do with Jesus? <laughs> because you haven't. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 8 says, Jesus Christ, the same how often? Yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus Christ, he does not change. That means the same miracle worker that he was when he walked the earth in physical form, he is the same miracle worker that, experience, that you experience and have in a relationship with every day of your life. He never changes. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And people say it all the time, well, I don't, we, we don't need miracles. The day of miracles is over. I wanted one. I needed one. Don't tell me. Well, they're just, some things are just weird. Y'all do realize Jesus was weird. Why do you think he made such a name for himself? He stood out in a crowd. He was a weird dude. Oh, you're being sacrilegious. Oh, well, I'll show you in a minute. But we have to settle one thing in our hearts right now. Miracles are forever. <laughs> We've got to settle that right now. And, and, and we have to understand they've always been a part of the early church. Let me read some history for you. Clement, he died in 1919, though he didn't. He died in 95 A.D. He wrote an instruction manual for ministers. This is just after Jesus' death. This is not long after Jesus. He wrote an instruction manual for ministers. He said, let them therefore with fasting and prayer make, with, make their intercessions, not with well-arranged and fitly ordered words, but as men who has received the gift of healing confidently to the glory of God. Arrhenius died in 200 AD, said Christians still heal the sick by laying their hands on them. And they are made whole. Yea, moreover, as I have said, the dead even have been raised up. Constantine made, made the church the, the absolute religion for the empire. And in that place, the church began to change its view over to political views. And you begin to see some things that they weren't paying attention to anymore. Then we have Augustine. He is considered the most influential early church father. He said that the witness of the Spirit is no longer acts of, 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 of power or miracles, but the love of God in one's heart the church. 
And on that statement, most of the church started to shy away from miracles. And they went that way. But, here's, but he didn't die like that. He didn't die believing that. Listen, this is a statement that he made later in his life. He said, for even now, miracles are wrought in the name of Christ. Healings, blindness, gout, hemorrhoids, demon possession, and even raising the dead. Benedict raised another monk from the dead when a wall fell on him. Francis of Assisi noted signs and wonders. John Huss said it is proved by both facts and scripture that there may always be gifts of miracles and healings. Where there is faith, they will never be entirely detached from it. See, there will, if, where there is faith, healing, signs, wonder, but this stuff's weird, man. Okay. You're already in here. They think you're weird because you drove up on the hill today. <laughs> We've got to be a people. And, and, and here's the thing. They say, well, we just don't need this kind of stuff anymore. Why? Has the world gotten better? Have all the diseases just gone away? No. It's time that if we're going to make a change, Jonathan, it's time for a body to rise up that says the day of miracles is not past and it's not in the future, but it's right here, it's right now. And where there is faith, these things will not be separated from miracles. It doesn't matter what name you put on your church. It doesn't matter what denomination you think you are. All that matters is that well, there is a people who will trust their God. Then miracles are waiting. They're waiting. Mm. George Fox founded the Quakers. I don't know if you ever heard of the Quakers. You know why they're called the Quakers? Because of that. <laughs> John Wesley founded the Methodist movement, noted in his writings of healings, laughter, and falling out in his services. Well, I don't see that in Methodist churches now. I can't help that. That's what he said. In January the 1st, 1739, he said about 60 of our brethren until 3 in the morning, the power of God came mightily on us so much that we cried out for exceeding joy. And many fell to the ground. Lord, send us revival without its defects, but if it's not possible, send revival, defects and all. He said, send this one. This is a move of God. That we, this is what changes the world. It's when we are a spectacle of what God is. We are a spectacle of who God is. And we walk in a place where signs and wonders and mirrors. This is who Jesus is. Amen. He has not changed. Amen. Jonathan Edwards said in his services, there was loud crying out, falling out, quaking, shaking, outbursts of laughter. And we think this stuff is new. We think this stuff just happened with the, with the, when us charismaniacs came on the scene. This has always been part of the church history. This has always been who Jesus has brought. This has always been, this is who he is. But why do we need it? Because a merry heart 
does good like a medicine. Why do we need it? Because there are bodies that are broken, homes that are destroyed, and we need a people. In the Cane Ridge Revival in Kentucky, led by Presbyterian churches, there was jerking, shaking, healings, miracles, and one man, as an atheist, went to watch it. His name was James Finney in 1801. Listen to what he says about their service. The noise was like that of the roar of the Niagara. The vast sea of human beings seemed to be agitated as if by a storm. Some people were singing, others were praying, some were crying for mercy, while others were shouting ferociously. While witnessing these scenes, a particular strange sensation as I have never felt before came over me. My heart beat tumultuously, my knees trembled, my lip quivered, and I felt as though I must fall to the ground. A strange supernatural power seemed to pervade the entire mass of mind there collected. At one time, I saw at least 500 swept down in a moment. As if a batter of a thousand guns had been opened upon them. And then immediately, shrieks and shouts that rent the very heavens. I fled for the woods and wish I'd stayed home. (laughs) Boys, that's a church service right there. He said, I fled for the woods. Charles Finney, an 1800s evangelist, wrote this, an awful solemnity seemed to settle upon the people for the congregation began to fall from their seats in every direction and cry for mercy. If I had a sword in each hand, I could have not cut them down as fast as they fell. And I was obliged to stop preaching. In 1906 in Azusa, California, Services that went on were described as shaking, healing, miracles, tongues, speechless for hours, motionless for hours, being enraptured in joy, being drunk in the Holy Spirit, laughter, visions, and prophecy. This is God's body. Why did the church grow so fast? Because miracles drew people to Jesus. Go to to Matthew chapter 11. See, I told you this service would be totally different than last week. Because you thought you were taking me out. (laughs) 
Matthew chapter 11, verse 2. Now when John had heard, now this is John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin. This is the one who when he, and he was in his mother's belly, Mary, Jesus' mom, spoke to his mother to let her know that she was pregnant and about the angel coming. And he jumped in his mom's belly when he heard the news that Jesus was just a belly over. But here's the thing. He said, now John had heard in prison the works of Jesus and he sent two of his disciples and he said to them, are you the one that should come? Or should we look, this is the one who baptized him in the river. This is the one who said, behold the lamb that takes away the sins of the world. And now, because of a little difficulty in his life, he's beginning to question. None of us has never done that. When things get tough and they get hard and we don't see a way out. And they tell us what they want us to think, what they think, they, what they think the answer is. And when they, everything looks hopeless, and you have to call your wife and not tell her on the phone because I know how she'd be when she started driving, just come to the hospital. It's easy to get to this place because life gets hard. But we can never forget who we serve. We can never forget what he does. We can never forget how powerful he is, how wonderful he is, how magnificent he is, how the stars are breathed right out of his nostrils. How he names them all by name. How he weighs the entire weight of all the waters in the palm of his hand in the universe. How the universe continues to expand because he continues to breathe. Mm. And we have the audacity, are you the one or should we look for another? Because things got hard. And Jesus answered him and said, and go tell John what you hear and what you see. The blind receive their sight. (coughs) The lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. Where in the world do we get off doubting him? He is still the dead raiser. He's still the blind man to make a man see. He's still the one that gives legs to the lame. He's still the one that has a name that's above all names. He is still the one. He is Jesus, the miracle worker. But when things get hard... Chris, we have a tendency to sit back. Stand up for me. <laughs> your name left me. Turn around and put your hand on her. Not, not her husband. Susan, thank you. Put your hands on her, Susan. Can I give a little bit of your story? Just had surgery for cancer. This is her first time back to service in what? Six, eight weeks? Six weeks? And there she is. Here's the thing though, she's facing another one. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we declare health and healing over her body. 
Father, right now, in a name that is above all names, the God who doesn't change, the one who says that he, that the lame walk, the dumb talk, the deaf hear, I thank you, Father, right now, in Jesus' name, that hands are being laid upon her and that her body reacts to the name of Jesus, the miracle worker. Doubts will come. Doubts are going to, everybody doubts. I don't ever doubt, you liar. <laughs> Becky, let's call it like it is. Because you know one thing that went through my head? Let me tell you something. One thing I am not, I am not afraid of death. It doesn't scare me. A few years ago, I got septic in a doctor's office. Didn't know how septic I was until I went in and dropped out right in the middle of his office. Not one time was I afraid. But you know what we still do sometimes? We get caught up in why things haven't happened yet, and we start asking the John question. Is it you or should I look for another? I've heard all the miracles. I've heard about all the signs. I've heard about all the wonders. But I need to know right now, do I look for another or can I trust you? And the answer is yes. The answer will always be yes. But the problem is, will you absolutely trust him in everything? Yeah, but you don't know what I'm facing, Pastor. Jeremiah chapter 32. Jeremiah chapter 32. Then the word of the Lord, verse 26. Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah saying, Behold, Jeremiah 32, 26. Behold, I am the Lord, God of all flesh. And then he asked a question to Jeremiah. He doesn't make a statement, Sheila. He asks a question, why? Because he is never in question. He didn't have to make a statement to defend himself, Ted. He asked Jeremiah, is there anything too hard for me? The only person can answer that in your life is you. The only person who knows if anything is too hard, it's only limited by your view of God. It's only limited by what you see and what you refuse to accept. And so the question is still today. He said, I am the Lord God of all flesh. Your flesh, my flesh, her flesh. He is the Lord God of all flesh. And he still asks us the question. Why? Because my answer shows my view of him. He could have said, I'm the God of all flesh. There is nothing too hard for me. But he didn't do that. Why? Because you're the one. That, just like you have to accept him as Savior. You have to accept him as miracle worker. Yeah, but I've been believing God for so long. So why stop now? But I've been speaking this for so long. Right on time. So if you stop now, where are you at? If you stop now, where are you at? We have to settle this. 
Is there anything? Listen at the roots of these words in the Chaldee. I am the creator of life. I am able to do, to be marvelous, to be wonderful, to be surpassing, and to be extraordinary. Nothing is beyond my power or too difficult for me. Do you accept it? Do you accept this? Luke chapter 1, he answers his own question. Luke chapter 1, verse 37, look what he says. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Folks, where are the people? Where are the ones who's going to stand in the midst of the dragon's lair and look down his throat and will still be the ones that say, my God shall supply all my need according to his riches in glory. We're the ones who's going to stand up and say, I have had enough. This is enough of what you've done in my family. It's enough of what you've done in my home. It's enough of what you're doing to my body. It's enough of what you're doing to my kids. It's enough, it's enough, it's enough. And I am going to release my faith where there are miracles and signs and wonders that are attached to them because my God does not change. My God doesn't change. Oh, yeah, but y'all are getting weird now. In Mark chapter 7, don't go there yet, Bobby. There was a man that came to Jesus. And he was deaf and mute. And they brought him and said, heal this man. You know what Jesus did? Jesus got a little weird on him. So they brought this man to Jesus and they said, heal him. You know what he did? He didn't stand there and try to heal him in front of all of them. The word says he led him away. Sometimes you don't have to be, you need to quit being afraid of staying with those who just want the show and you're willing to follow that one who has the answer. What happened if the man didn't go with Jesus? He had a choice. But the word says that Jesus led him away. He took him by the hand and began to lead him away from the crowd. Now the crowd wanted the miracle. They wanted to see it. But sometimes you have to get alone with God. Sometimes he has to take you away from the crowd. Because what he's going to do in your life is going to freak so many people out. (laughs) Well, how do you mean it's going to freak? God don't freak people out. (laughs) You ain't read these verses. (laughs) So what's Jesus do? You can look this up. It's Mark chapter 7. 31 through 35. Jesus puts his fingers in his ears. He spits and touches his. That's weird. 
I just don't believe God will do that weird stuff. Somebody should have told Jesus before he went. <laughs> he put his fingers in his ears. He spit and he touched his tongue. But he had to get him away from everybody else. Don't think that God is leading you away to be alone. Maybe he's leading you away to drop a miracle in your life. Maybe he's leading you where he can do what he needs to do in your life without everybody else going, that's just crazy. You don't need to do that. And he put his fingers in his ears, he spit, touched his tongue, and said, look to heaven. And then Jesus sighed. Miracles are as simple as a breath to him. We're the ones that lose all the sleep. We're the ones that wring our hands. We're the ones that stress it out. It's as simple as a breath. The word says he stuck his finger in, he touched his tongue, and he spit. Who does that? And the word says he sighed, and he just went, open up. He didn't yell. He didn't scream. See, a lot of us, we want the show. That's why he led them away. They wanted the show. And Jesus didn't give them a show. Well, for those who were watching, it was a show. And he sighed. The word says that he sighed and went, open up. And the word says that immediately he could hear and he could speak. Sometimes miracles look strange because our pride gets in the way. And we think, well, you're weird for believing all this Jesus stuff. Look at verse 36 of Mark 7. Verse 36 of Mark 7, look what Jesus tells them here. And he entered and he ordered them. So his disciples were the only ones really watching this. Tell no one. But the more he ordered them, the more greatly they proclaimed it. There's something about a miracle that you can't stay quiet about. Matt sent me a text yesterday, day before, and said, man, are you sure you can, or might have been Bob, I don't know, somebody did, are you sure you can lead all the songs? You believe I wouldn't, I would have fought somebody than not sing today. I would have climbed in here on my lips because this week I've experienced. I've seen it. Brenda, you were there when they called it. And as they rushed around, the only question is, do you think there's anything too hard for God? I got a man sitting back here that should have been dead. got a lady sitting over here they told her she'd die years ago this room is full of miracles I know there's other other of you have 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 uh, 
What are those things called? Testimonies too. <laughs> but my, I'm here today to encourage you. And if you don't know this Jesus, this is who he is. He is a miracle worker. Verse 37, and they were astonished beyond measure. You see, miracles will spread the word faster than a lot of talk. <laughs> and, the, and they were astonished beyond measure. And he said, he has done all things well. He makes both the deaf hear and the mute to speak. But the question still, is there anything? too hard he still asked Jeremiah the question he's asking you you have to make this decision today I can't make this decision for you you have to determine is God really who he says he is or are we having a John the Baptist moment and let me tell you everybody has John the Baptist moments we all have them is it really you God or should we look for another John chapter 14, verse 12. Truly I say unto you, whoever believes in me will do the works I do also. <laughs> you hear that, right? I got word. My mom calls me. She said, I ran into a friend of yours. And she told him what was going on with me. And he said, well, tell him I'll pray for him, although he may not want it. And mom had no clue what that meant. She didn't understand because several years ago, I'm pastoring a church in West Virginia and I'm standing there and my friend comes in and the Lord was leading us to lay hands on people for healing. And he stood up. And as soon as he stood up, the Lord said, punch him in the gut. I didn't know what he was coming up front to be half prayer for. I didn't know what, what was going on with him. Watch D. He said, punch him in the gut. I'm like, we're friends, so. <laughs> so he gets about to where Larry's at, and I step around, and I meet him, and I just, boom. He flies back about six feet. I didn't hit him easy either. He flies back about six feet and lays in the floor for about 25 minutes. And he gets up and said, I had just gotten some report. I can't remember what it is off the top of my head now, do you? He said, I've got some bad stomach problems. He said, and I'm going to have to make some changes. He said, but I think I'll go back to the doctor and see what they say. <laughs> Guess what? Gone. I was doing a service a revival at a college one time. We were there for different things. This lady comes up front. She says, you don't remember me. I said, nope. She said, you used to date my niece. Well, I know when I dated her niece, I was not the same man I am now. She said, I prayed for you all the time. I said, well, it worked. And she said, I've got cancer, lung cancer. She was on oxygen. 
She said, I've got six months to live. And I said, okay. And the Holy Spirit gave me a scripture, Stanley. With long life, I will satisfy you. Psalms 93, I believe it is. And I asked her, I said, are you satisfied? She said, no, I'm not satisfied. I'm 61 years old. I said, okay. I laid hands on her. She falls down. She gets back up and we're in a, 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 a stadium, like stadium seating auditorium. She runs like six laps up the bank, across the back, down the bank, across the front. I mean, just on a dead run. Goes back to the doctor the next day. All the cancer's gone. So she's back up on stage. Two days later. So what are you doing back here? She said, I've got this hump on my back. And she walked over like this. She said, I want this gone. I said, okay, let's pray. I pray. She falls down like, you know, <laughs> good charismatics do. She's laying there like this, Brent. And all of a sudden it goes, as that thing just dissipated from her body right there. Why are we amazed by this? This is natural Christianity. This is followers of Jesus. Mark chapter 17. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they'll cast out demons. They'll speak with new tongues. They'll take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not harm them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. What you do. John 14, what did he say here? The things that I do, you'll do. So believers, what are you waiting on? What are you waiting on? This is the resurrection in you. He says, whatever I will do, whatever you ask, verse 13 of John 14. He said, I will do whatever you ask in my name, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Yeah, but we can't do that stuff. First John chapter 4, verse 4. You are of God, little children. Believers, know this about yourself. You are of God. The supernatural is natural to you. It is part of your DNA. This is Jesus, the miracle worker. This is who he is. This is who you invited into your life. You are of God, little children, and overcome them. Why? Because greater is he who is in you than he that is in the world. You are naturally supernatural. He wants to make. 
What does it mean to be supernatural? I'm going to close right here. Supernatural. Anything above and beyond in the natural realm. An effect on the natural world that can't be explained by natural laws. The overriding of natural laws speeding up. The laws of nature. Ernie, take that, take that, take that. Turn everything off but this up overhead. If you're in here and you're believing God for something, physical, financial, spiritual, mental, I don't care what it is, if I can have you just come up here, we're going to lay hands on you like the Word says to do. <laughs> they lay hands on. If you want to just a single file row starting this way all the way across, please. A single file row. Just come up and come up. Just start worshiping now. Just start praising Him now. This is the miracle worker, baby. Will you come over and help me, please? Pastor Ted, will you?